the longer out we get from the pimp the more important that album seems yep. i don't know that we'll have the same thoughts and feelings about uh damn but i do think um we'll look back at this and just know like this guy was untouchable at this moment yeah. You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Brock Benefiel, welcome back to the It's All Dead podcast. Oh man, it's great to be here. Is that is that a Rock Nation bag? Where? Right there. It says Rock Nation on it. Oh. As in, as in. Uh, yeah. Rockefeller. Um, Benny Siegel gave this to me. <laughs> uh, we were both hanging out. Couple years ago, down in Key West, and yeah, nice. Uh, no, was, yeah, was, yeah. I've never noticed Mif- that. Before. Was Memphis Bleak there or not? Uh, no, he was busy. He's yeah. got a lot going on. Got so, a lot of dates. Um, <laughs> a lot of dates. So I really, I had to mention your name immediately because I realized the last podcast we did, the Hip Hop Title Belt. There's literally no reference of who you are. Like, oh. we just talk, and I never mention that your name is Brock Benefield, and you're here with us. And I was like, wow. That was really rude of me. Some mystery uh, disembodied voice was, yeah. was determining who was going to be the, the hip hop bell of 2016. So Brock is here. Uh, he's on the podcast from time to time. If you listen, usually he's talking about hip hop, um, and we are talking about Kendrick Lamar because really the the world needed another podcast from two guys here drinking red wine. Um, and uh, <laughs> this is just this is going to be the most unnecessary Kendrick Lamar podcast in the history of the world. But we're doing it because we love Kendrick Lamar. We love the new album, Damn. Uh, we, we've had over a week with it now, and we're just going to talk about it. Uh, we don't have an agenda here, but we both, I know we've both been thinking about some things. We've been reading some things, listening to some things, and um it's we need to talk about it. So where where should we even start with this? Well, I'm curious. What were your so heart part four, part four comes out? Hubble comes out not long after. What were your expectations um, around that time? Maybe before those tracks came out, and then and then once the tracks came out, what what did you think this album was going to be? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, to be a butterfly and then untunneled, unmastered basically sounded like an extension of that. Um, it felt like, I, I guess if you were to put me on the spot, I would have said that we were going to dive even deeper into this kind of like really deep, introspective, um, moody sort of album. Um, Heart Part 4, I didn't put much into because he did that. He's done that before. Like he'll release kind of this one-off song to me. I, yeah. Whether sonically, thematically, I didn't want to read anything into it. Now, when Humble dropped, I was like, oh, like we're getting like a 2001 No Limit Records, like... Kendrick is letting loose and we're about to feel his wrath album. That's that's what I thought. And I, I even thought that all the way through DNA on my first lesson of the album. Yeah. Um, there was clearly a lot more than meets the eye. What, what about you? What were your expectations? Yeah, I thought when... when it's, it's very similar. When Humble came out, I thought, well, this is going to be very stripped down. This is going to be a lot of bass, a lot of drums, and it's going to be kind of like a, um, a manic rush of emotions to the mm-hmm. whole record. And, and yeah, again, DNA was no, uh, no, no de- de- derivation from that. I do think when when I heard um, when I first heard Humble, I thought, well, maybe this is maybe sort of an old sounding record as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just very surprised to see all the different directions that ended up being on this album. Yeah. it's not as um, cohesive as I thought it might be. Yeah, there's all there's so much there. And we're going to get into all that, but the first thing that comes to my mind, and I think one of the first, and who knows if I'll remember this later on, but right now when I think about the release of DM, I think about 
all Easter weekend, we just got blessed with this incredible album from the best rapper alive and all we can talk about is is there another album coming on sunday wasn't that crazy like the whole conversation like revolved around this conspiracy theory that there was more music coming and it was like we couldn't even talk about damn yet because there might be more how weird was that when is that ever can you remember in the time um and with rap where there's been hints of another record coming and then it doesn't yeah I can't think of that. I mean, I, usually when there, if there's any sort of hint, and I think um, it was a, a TDE producer who really kind of lit the fire. If there's any sort of hint, you know something's coming. Yeah. And the idea that it came out on Good Friday and that there might be um, an album called Nation that comes out on Easter, yeah. um, that just seemed like it had to happen, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we, I think we all kind of listened to the record, um, especially the way it's bookended, we, we we listened to the record thinking, okay, what's 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 the what's the B side to this, you know? Yeah, and it, it it did kind of impact the way I listened to it. Yeah, that weekend. like I I'm I'm ashamed to say that I spent a considerable amount of time going down rabbit holes on the internet, like yeah. in multiple threads, and and everybody's just you know coming up with stuff, but it was like it almost made too much sense the things everybody was piecing together, and even. Kendrick Lamar in an interview last week with Zane Lowe was referencing like how incredible it was. All the, of course, and he almost he didn't say that there wasn't another. I'm coming until like later in the day. He tweeted something like, "Actually, this is it, guys." So <laughs> like, so now a week later, we can finally calm down and enjoy the album for what it is. Um, and it, I don't know. Do you do you wish now that there was a companion piece to this, or are I you don't. satisfied? I, I mean, I would. I want. As much Kendrick Lamar music as possible, um, but no, we have we need time to sort through this. Yeah. Having another album just it seems like it's it's a lot, be a lot of work. Yeah, so there's a lot to sort through. One of the things, and I've read so many different things, and I think this is probably the best starting point for the conversation about the music itself. Is um, you know I rushed out a review on uh, Monday for It's All Dead. Um, even a week later, looking back on it, I felt like I missed a lot. And I was kind of, I was shooting in the dark because I was trying to get us, uh, that's the struggle right now as a music writer, the way music releases happen. I mean, the days of having an advance for a month and getting time to soak with it and kind of formulate your ideas are just gone for big releases. They just come like that and you got to react in the yeah. moment. Now, the funny thing is, I was expecting that to happen. A lot of people didn't react uh, till later in the week. So Monday, our <laughs> that review like drove all this traffic because people are looking, they're trying to find stuff uh, to help them work through what they're hearing with the album. Now, I've gotten more, my thoughts are different on it now than they were when I released the review Monday. I've read a lot of things all saying completely different stuff. It's like people are taking all these different things away. I'm speaking to them in different ways. Uh, you told me about the Still Processing podcast uh, with Wesley Morris and Jenna Wortham. That was incredible. But again, you have two people who are both sharing. All, I mean, they were both kind of opening my eyes to different things, but even they were bringing different thoughts and opinions to the table. I mean, right. what are you, in this whirlwind of everybody trying to make sense of it, what are you grabbing onto? Like, what? how is it impacting you? Well, I think um, I still feel like I need more time with it in order to say, to, 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 to get um, sort of that 10,000 foot view. Um, it, what, what's grabbing me about this is how dynamic you can be as a rapper. Like mm-hmm. this is when we look back and we think about what this album is going to mean. I don't know exactly what the thesis of it will be because it, it doesn't have um, it doesn't have a clear uh, problem to address like uh, Good Kid, Mad City, right? Yeah. But 
we're looking at his fourth studio album, and this guy is fascinating to watch. It's fascinating to listen to his rapper um, than anyone in music, right? Yeah. He's just incredible. He's an incredible talent. And there are so many moments on uh, this album where you just realize what an, what an amazing talent he is. And it goes in, in a lot of different directions, which I'm not surprised by. I'm not surprised by all the different reviews and the different perspectives because this is exactly what happened on Pimp, right? Yeah. People found so many different entries into it, and this is no different. He's It's very introspective. It's addressing things that are going on. It addresses the election in a way that is interesting, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it, it's not as um, focused as uh, Q-Tip was on the last sure. Tribe album, and that's not surprising either, right? It, it feels like very much an extension of, of To Pimp Butterfly, but at the same time, sonically, it's it's nowhere near that, right? Yeah. So, it, 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 so I think what I'll take from it is is nothing clean like no clean thoughts from the album because I would think about going back to to pimp I don't really have um, I that album is so many different things to me right sure but we just like this is still the best rapper at the top of his game yeah still incredibly interesting in his fourth album and yeah. there's no sign of stopping and that to me is is probably my biggest takeaway yeah it was interesting what you said about the election I mean you think about the tribe album like that was a protest album that was standing up and speaking out to yeah. a large group of people. When Kendrick dress, addresses that sort of stuff on Damn, it's almost like a private conversation between a couple people. You know what I mean? It reflections on what it felt like in that moment. Um, so, my, I kind of threw my own review under the bus a few moments ago, and I and rightfully so. But I don't want to say that I don't agree with some of the things I said because I do think I keyed in on one particular point, and that's kind of still something that's I've thought about lately. Um, so you've got Good Kid, Mad City, To a Butterfly, albums that, to me, have a very clear overarching narrative from start to finish. Both sonically and thematically, they're kind of carrying out this message. And like you mentioned, dams all over the place. It's hard to know. It's hard to... You can't point your finger at one thing. Oh, this is what Kendrick's saying on this album. But why I thought that... Why I thought it was so amazing is because, to me, the album made... Tip and Butterfly, an album I think is one of the best albums of the past 25 years, even better, because Kendrick is an artist who's constantly questioning himself. He's constantly uh, putting himself under the microscope and examining his own thoughts about all this stuff in a way that people just don't do, like on an album. You know what I mean? That's what Especially makes it music. Yeah, absolutely. So the way he he's in my there were parts where I felt like he was examining like his own things that he said on To Pimp a Butterfly even. You know what I mean? In a way that made me feel like, gosh, like this, that makes me feel even more uh, supportive and excited about what he did with To Pimp a Butterfly. I'm not doing a good job of explaining this right now, and I'm probably going to cut this out of the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> not, this is the, not getting uh, cut. Because he's got this overarching, there, there's this thing that keeps coming up and damn, nobody's yeah. praying for me, nobody's praying right. for me. That's but, the mantra of the album. Yeah. And there's parts where, like, somebody's, like, leaving a voicemail or something, like, on fear. Somebody's leaving a voicemail trying to encourage him. And it he drowns the, out the sound of that person's voice in the voicemail with, why, God, why, God, do I yeah. want to suffer? Like, he's he's very clear about his own unwillingness to listen to yes. those that are trying to support him and are trying to encourage him. Which, to me, makes me feel like, man, this guy is a human. You right. know what I mean? Like, he puts out this incredible bomb to Pimp Butterfly, and he's still examining and questioning himself and frustrated over things that he doesn't even need to be frustrated about because we're all, everybody's there like, Kendrick, you're good, man. Like, I, there was something about that that really hit me. 
Yeah, the duality of um, the duality of his psyche, which is it's it's, it's so present in to pimp is, is here through the wall the, the entire album. I remember I was telling you this earlier in the week. Um, Kendrick is to me so much so much less interesting on his fourth album as a person than he was, um, especially on on to pimp or Good Kid, Mad City. Because in the the reason I say that not because he's any less talented or were any were le- any less excited when an album drops, but the fact that Good Kid, Mad City comes out and he's there's all this build up and he's he's ready to become a star and then he delivers on the promise, right? And it's really his origin story what that album is. Yeah. And then you go and you th- say, okay, well, he gets skyrocketed in the fame, and now he's touring festivals, and, and he's this guy that's really battling celebrity. He's very, very conflicted over um, the idea of celebrity and what yeah. it means for him, what it means for the, where he comes from, and to Pimp comes comes from that. And, and all of the events that were happening around in 2015, yeah. all the, the external events, um, to Pimp comes out of that, and that's extremely interesting. So you think about, okay, well, now that we've had that album, like, what does he do? And he really is... Um, like you said, he's going over some of the, the same territory, but in a way that is fascinating because he is saying, like, you never get over these things. The world never becomes easier. Just when you think um, the marches and the, the police violence of 2015 couldn't get any worse, a guy like Donald Trump gets elected president, right. and then we have to deal with that in, in addition to institution, institutionalized racism and all the things that he had to address on the album. It's just like things, we are, we are in a constant struggle. Um, with these topics and it's yeah. it's just it's remarkable to see a guy um, go over those things again and again and do it in a way that feels fresh and new on this album yeah and I think everything you're saying is right on point and it makes sense then that all these tracks are so varied in their pacing yeah. uh, in the production like it's all it, it's everywhere because he's kind of everywhere right now with all of this stuff and just like a lot of people trying to make sense and, and put it all together but he understands that he has a platform and he's struggling with the idea of him even having that platform and all the things that come with it um i was curious um so good kid mad city comes out it's very much a rap album yeah um it it has meandering sounds different characters uh journeys but it really is a rap album uh to pimp comes out and it is as much a jazz album as it is a rap album yeah. right it's it um musically he makes a lot of great interesting choices um unmastered uh, what was it called? Un- Untitled, Untitled Unmastered. Um, very much extension to a Butterfly. And then if you go back to Section 80, Section 80 is very, very jazzy as well. Um, are you surprised that this is very much a rap album sonically? And it kind of goes back to, and not, I wouldn't say go back to Good Kid, but it's it's sort of, in the production is a little more similar to that than it was to Pimp. Were you surprised by that at all? Uh, I think now I'm not. And the reason is, you know, when we did our most anticipated list, this year for it's all dead kendrick was on there and uh i'm trying to remember what it what i even titled it but something like you know kendrick reclaims the crown and the the idea behind it is kendrick really is the best rapper we have right now and he needed a rap album i think to kind of even though there's so much self-deprecation there and he refuses to kind of like wear that title belt like consistently through 14 tracks he needed a rap album like this to kind of re to make sure like hey everybody this is kendrick is our best right now and that's kind of one of the things that's fascinating about it because we talked about how varied the album is 
one of the things that's so crazy about Kendrick is that he has so many different delivery styles and he even tries out new ones to like great success on this album. So like you're never getting just this one thing. It's almost like he, in a way he is kind of flexing his muscles with, uh, with damn, you yeah. know, because it's clear like from like he, he even does like Drake style stuff, but better than Drake does. Know. You know what I mean? Like he's, He's clearly, even if he's not like shouting it from the top of the mountain on damn, he is making clear like, hey, I'm. There's nobody out here that can do what I'm doing right now. You know. There's like Vince Carter Kendrick and then like Dale Davis Kendrick. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. there's this like Dale Davis like I can like work hard and I can be this uh, guy that can do many different things, but I can also just like do a I can slam dunk on people. I mean, yeah. I just go between the legs and, and cartwheel and all that. stuff. Yeah, it's incredible, right? Because, I mean, To Pimp a Butterfly, for as great of an album as it was, there weren't a lot of those between-the-legs slam-dunk moments on it, right? That's, I mean, there's a true. few. Yeah. Like, you, you can pull out parts of King Kunta and, but, and All Right, but, like, at the end of the day, what he's doing, like, as a lyricist um, and as a rapper on Damn, to me, is superior in, in that sense to what he did on To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, absolutely. And it just... And I think it was, like you said, it was it was probably important for him to show that just so you, just just to keep everyone in check. Yeah. Not unlike the control verse that came out after um, Good Kid, Mad City, which is like, just so you guys know, I'm the best. There's never going to be anyone yeah. close, and don't even try. Yeah. And I don't understand the Big Sean feud and why that would even be a thing, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, clearly, that's his. If if Kendrick Lamar's greatest foible is is Big Sean. Then maybe his career is going to go in the tank, you yeah. know. But probably, you know. What well, What's amazing to me, and I want to, I we're gonna, I keep referencing <laughs> "To Pimp a Butterfly" a lot because uh, I do believe it's such a great album. It's, I think, it's his masterpiece so far. It's hard to imagine him topping it, but I think just as a whole body of work and the message he's sending in the moment as it happened, what it, what that whole album encompasses is so powerful and huge. But like. Taylor Swift wasn't making a Instagram video or whatever of her rapping to a song off Pimp the Butterfly, right? Like she did yeah. with Backseat Freestyle. Right. The point I'm trying to make there is that with Damn, he has those moments again. Right. You know what I mean? In, in a way that that we all realize his greatness. Like yeah. we realize his greatness with Pimp the Butterfly in a different way than we realize his greatness now, which is to say he's pretty damn great. Like... <laughs> And that's what's interesting. I was thinking about it's it's so hard to think about ranking the albums. Um, I go back and listen to Good Kid, Mad City, probably twice as much as I do as To Pimp Butterfly. That isn't to say that, that it's a better album. It's an easier listen. It's a more Wait. digestible listen. Exactly. And to me, um, I love the character arc of that album. Mm-hmm. I think it's just remarkably solid, and it's so fun. And the fact that it came out not too far um, from the time when Jesus came out. Um, and how cool the character arc that was. It was a really cool moment in rap. Um, to Pimp is, without a doubt, a, a more important album and a and a more ambitious album. Yeah. Um, but man, there are some tracks on To Pimp that are just that are just dense. They're dense yeah. and they're hard to get through. Um, yep, that's true. But the the longer out we get from To Pimp, the more important that album seems. Yep. I don't know that we'll have. Um, the same thoughts and feelings about uh, Damn. We, we, we may not just because To Pimp addressed so many of yeah, the, uh, the same agree. things. But I do think um, we'll look back at this and just know like this guy was untouchable at this moment. Yeah. 
Well, let's. I want to talk about something that just came to my mind. We've had a lot of conversations off the record about Nas because he is one of my favorite rappers of all time. I consider him a huge uh, influence in my first steps into hip hop back when I was in middle school and high school. Now, when Good Kid, Mad City came out, I drew a lot of comparisons between that album and Illmatic, both as a, um, I, I felt like it was the updated version of Illmatic, right? And I've, I'm not going to get into all that right now, but that's, that is something I believe. And it felt like a moment of time of these two voices kind of elevating, of telling this certain story and narrative that needed to be heard in the moment. Now, the interesting thing here, even though I love Nas to death, I'm still willing to admit that he had a pretty... He tailed off after Illmatic. It was hard for him to match what happened in that moment. Kendrick has not had that problem. And when we, But when you think about when Nas appears on something now, people still listen to him, right? Like, what... How, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, are we going to look back on Kendrick as even, like, a greater voice than Nas was for his moment of time? Or is there even a way to compare those two? Or am I, I, I'm just pulling this out of nowhere right now. Well, there is a way to compare these two. And, like... Nas didn't have four solid albums in a row. Yeah, it's true. Like as, as, as incredible a rapper he is, and what a remarkable voice, like, he didn't have this level of consistency. And and granted, he, like, these are two very different eras where Nas, in order to have a successful album, and put that in quotations, um, had to have air, radio airplay. He had yeah. to have music videos. He had to put Puff Daddy in a music video and then le- later have him punch uh, his manager. <laughs> <laughs> and just to, uh, before you, I want to let you finish, just to be clear, without Nas, like we're not talking about Kendrick Lamar right now. Exactly. Either, so, but. but, you know, and Kendrick can, Kendrick can release a control verse and have it explode on the internet and that'd be the biggest thing of the year mm-hmm. and that'd be as good as... Um, anything Nas could produce on an album in terms of in terms of reach, you know, yeah. and so it's it's different because the consistency building it, it can be much smaller and much more impactful. But there's you just cannot convince me that early Nas after Elmatic is as consistent as this, or as is as interesting, you know. Yeah. Even the stuff that you did with DJ Premier and all the all the interesting production on the the Nas albums, it isn't as ambitious as musically as what Kendrick has done. And yeah. even though Kendrick's not a producer. The fact that he's making these choices to work with these different people and he's, he's curated um, these different sounds and he has had the match the, the matching rapping styles, uh, the different rapping styles to make to, to complement those. Um, that's just something that Nas didn't do. I mean, he's really um, iterated on the design and improved it, and, and yeah. it's, it's wonderful. Is there a good comparison for Kendrick right now with what he's doing? You know, it's weird to listen to this last album. And think of a more distinct comparison to Q-Tip, which was not mm. something I would have made before. Now they're they're two very different artists, but um, they get they just get weird and effective. And I think of the, the fact that these albums, uh, this album's coming, f- you know, what five months after um, uh, "Thank You for Your Service." Um, I think it makes the, the 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 comparison a little more cleaner. But I don't know, man. I don't know who else I would compare it to now. The yeah. huge Big Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're clearly on the same level right now. Yeah. Um, so this is pointless, but I think it's funny to bring up because I think I we talked about it in the moment when the track list came out. Like, you know, it's 2017 and you see the, you know, our greatest rapper alive, the track list featuring Bono or featuring you 2 Like, you're not thinking like... I mean, my immediate reaction was like, oh, no, darn it. 
It was a good song. Okay, but I mean, what, how how is he doing this? Okay, I know. Can we just like, can we get real nerdy with like? Okay, you two, they're all on the album. Like the drummer's drumming, <laughs> the guy's playing bass. Like that's that's the bass guitarist. Yeah, my apologies to, to the Edge. I, I, the whole crew yeah. was there. <laughs> is the Edge doing anything on the I album? Don't I don't know. Um, it's a hit, and they uses them well. Yeah, and it's not it's good. weird. Um, I think you know. I speak for the world when I say we all wanted this to be a remix of "Beautiful Day." Like that would have been, <laughs> that would have been best. But look, we'll take what we get. That's an that's an incredible song, and he uses them as a tool. And like, I don't know, I don't even know how that would have come up, come about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it, it works. It works I mean, really ever well. since the album that ended up on everybody's phone against their will, like U two hasn't really been had that good of a. They haven't had a moment. You know yeah, what I mean? I and now Kendrick like Lamar does it. I know. It's crazy. And nobody's had anything negative to say about it. But it's just, that's the whole thing about this album is like everybody, there's, it's so crazy. It's hard to pin it down. It's hard to talk about it as being one thing. But nobody has a bad word to say about it. It's just good. And we're all enjoying it, you know? How about these um, more relaxed tracks uh, like the Rihanna song, mm-hmm. um, like the what's the Zachariah song? Are um, we are is everybody ready to agree that the the U two uh, inclusion was better than Rihanna? I don't know that I would argue. Of course, that. Rihanna it's does a, it's a better track. She drops sure. a pretty good verse on there. Yeah, I think Rihanna really shines on that. I don't know that I would say U two shines around that. I would. I will say that the U two track is a better track, but for different reasons. That's a very yeah. complex, interesting track. Um, but Rihanna has she's got a lot more to work with. Yeah. Um Yeah, that was a that was a good feature. But what do you think about these like laid back tracks? These just kinda easy list not easy listening, but uh a little smoother. You like that? I liked it. I mean there's I, nothing on to pimp that, that matches that, right. right? I mean it could have been a whole album of that too. It could have been a whole album of DNA and Humble. It could have been a, a whole album of Element, you yeah. know. Um I I kind of Gosh, it's it's hard to say, you know. It would have been fascinating to hear one album of the really heavy stuff and one album of the really relaxed stuff. Yeah. Um, but I I don't really have any complaints about specific songs. Other than God, I think that was probably the only track on the album that I wasn't crazy about just because it kind of felt like, I don't know, like Waves Part 2, you know, yeah. from Kanye's last album or something like that. But um, by and large, I enjoyed it. I mean, Element's been one of my favorite. Would you call that one of the more relaxed tracks on there? Yeah, for sure. I, that's been one of my favorite tracks. Um, what do you think of Pride? Are you a fan of that? Because that's the the one that just seems. I seem to like. I don't even know if I want to get into this. Um, yeah, I think it's okay. It's not like it's probably in the bottom half if I were to rank all the tracks. But um, I hope so. It's he's he's doing a lot of juxtaposition on the album, uh-huh. right? Like talking about these different subjects in the. And the tone of the tracks, like the tone of Humble is way different than Pride, but they're, like you would imagine, they would those would be flipped, right? Yeah. I see him doing a lot of that. I have no idea if that's, like, meant to be taken that way, but um, it's just kind of, for me, it's the lead into Humble, so. So I don't know if, um, not thinking about Overly Dedicated or Section 80 or um, Unmastered Untitled, not that they're not worthy of consideration, but um, Good Kid, Mad City, To Pimp a Butterfly, and, and now Damn really seem like the three uh, big statements of Kendrick Lamar's career. Right. And I can't imagine... I know I'm going to feel way different about this album five years from now, but I can't imagine the rankings for me not being Good Kid to Pimp and Damn. 
Well, just curious how you before feel, we right? do this, I wanna, <laughs> no, no, I, I just want to talk about something because I've and I've. If you listen to the podcast, you've heard me talk about this with pretty much every because we do all these artist breakdowns. We do a lot of podcasts where we take an artist discography and then we we rank everything and have these discussions. And the the big problem is, are you asking me to rank them from best? To worst, or are you asking them me to rank them from my favorite to your my favorite. least favorite? Because that's how I'd rank them. Your okay. favorite. I don't think there's anyone. Certainly, the critical consensus is that to Pimp Butterfly is a masterpiece. It's one of the. It may be the great. Uh, it may be the greatest rap album of Kendrick's career. It may be the greatest rap album of the decade, if not the last twenty five years. Yeah. Um, I don't think. Yeah. So I, I would be curious to hear about your preferences. Well, I'm going to give you both. If. And and I'm doing it for a specific reason because you've heard me talk about Tepepa Butterfly so much. If I'm ranking my favorites, Good Kid, Damn, Tepepa Butterfly. If you're asking me to rank it best, it's going to be Tepepa Butterfly. And then it gets tough. I'm not sure if I've decided yet how Good Kid and Damn fall. But my favorite... Uh, is good kid and then damn would be next and that's and the reason i say favorite and what i mean by that is that which album do i want to put on you know like it's a friday oh, afternoon yeah. and i want to put on some music what am i putting on um that's that's how i'm talking about that like because to be a butterfly i think is the best and while i listen to it i want to like sit with it and yeah. think about it as it's playing i don't want to like have it as background music you know but there's an energy the reason why um I would weigh. I would much rather listen to all of Damn than listen to all of Tepin Butterfly. But like when Wesley's theory come on, and you realize how how just ambitious and how much yeah. that song rocks, and you're just yeah. like, this. I feel different than anything um, that I, that I hear on Damn, which isn't to knock Damn, but it's just it, that that's just one of the coolest things I've seen in rap music. You know? Yeah. No, I. So where were you when Tepemba Butterfly dropped? Do you remember those first lessons you had to the album? Yeah, I was just at my house um, when I went to Spotify, which is the same same place, literally in the same room when at midnight, um, Damn came out. Yeah. So I was a I was in Austin for South by Southwest when to Pimp dropped, and I remember sitting on like this bench on the. Well, that's not road. as cool as my story. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what was funny is the reason I bring that up. I'm not saying that to sound cool or something. I'm saying it because that day there were it felt like a lot of people were sitting somewhere with headphones in and like actively listening to something, and I was just assuming like all day long everybody's listening to this Kendrick album because it was just like this where it dropped suddenly. Like, oh, the, it was actually a little bit different because we thought it was, we knew it was coming and we thought it was going to drop on this day, but then yeah. a few days early, it just came right. out of nowhere. It was leaked. So, like, everybody just had to, like, stop and listen. Um, and that's what that felt like to me. Whereas, at least with this one, we knew, like, okay, Friday at midnight, this album's going to drop, you know? So. Yeah, but we also, last two weeks ago, thought we were going to get it on that Friday night. Yep. So I was waiting at midnight to get it, and then it didn't come. It's kind of Which that led even more to the theories about a new I album know. coming Sunday, because it's like, oh, wait, maybe he just decided this makes sense to do it this way. Um, I will never forget the night that that album comes out. I'm maybe two listens into the album, and I'm sitting on it. I remember it was a really nice night, because I'm trying to think when it, did it come out in April as well? Uh, it was March. It was March. It was a really nice night, and um, so probably unseasonably nice. And I was sitting out on my front porch, and I put my headphones in, um, and I listened to you for like the third time. And I'm like, just like, oh my god, this, this, there's just a lot to, yeah. to unpack in this album, yep. you know? Who's gonna be like on a? Who's gonna come on a, on a Friday afternoon 
and you comes on. They're like, oh yeah, let this rock. Let this <laughs> right. ride ride out. Yeah, Who's gonna be hanging weekend. out with Benny Siegel with a Rock Nation bag? <laughs> like, dude, let's put you on. Yeah, no, it's it's not the same for sure. Um, so, what's your favorite track on DNA? Have you? Or I'm sorry, on <laughs> DNA. That's a Freudian slip. What's how, your favorite track on? How are we not? How is DNA not going to be the thing yeah, right. that just lasts forever yeah. from this from this album? It's and hard. it's so perfect the way the blood leads into it with that like yes. Fox News clip or whatever. Oh, like, man, so oh my great. god! The first time I heard it, I like I wanted to stand up out of my seat because I was just I was enraptured with it. No, and I, I I will tell you when I want. I'm so glad the first time I heard Humble was watching the video mm, because I almost great video. I almost became emotional because I was so excited about what I was seeing. The, what a the, great video! The filmmaking. And just how great that song is, yeah. And the mixture, and just like Vince Carter Kendrick, like it's so <laughs> yeah, I know, fun man. to watch. Like you look, so I just love it. It felt, and that felt like a throw. Just like I talked, the song kind of feels like a throwback. The the video felt like a throwback in a lot of ways too. Only yeah. the message is a little bit different. Like it just, gosh, it was it so felt good. Like, it felt like a throwback in the way it was. In in in, in other ways, it, it felt like something we've never seen before, right? Yeah. But it was just. It was this big, beautiful production, and I loved Those it. Those camera angles shifting with yes. the beat. Oh, oh man. man. So good. Love it. Man. Now, if only we had Kendrick Lamar here to talk with us about this, right? And we, we almost did. You know, we, in fact, we have a chair here uh, for him. He's that guy, I'm sorry, Zane Lowe gave me a call yeah. and uh, talk on Beats 1. I didn't listen to the Zane interview. Let me guess. Zane liked the album. Does Zane have any superlatives? <laughs> he loves everything. Do you have any superlatives to share? <laughs> I haven't listened to all of it, but I got a pretty good feeling that he was really into it. So what, um, like, it just, I don't know that I can spot anything else that I, like, need from a Kendrick Lamar album. Mm. We kind of know now, we kind of have an idea of these are the things that he covers. He's very conflicted. He's very emotional. He does um, address uh, things that are going on in the world, and he's very interesting. But I just don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know what the next Kendrick Lamar album would be like. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, and he probably didn't know either. I mean, according to what he said, like this has been done for months now. Like he, he basically was like, "I'm over it. I don't even want to hear it anymore. I just want to give it to everybody else and let them enjoy it." So like, he's probably already thinking about the next thing, right? Yeah. Um. So it's. It's fascinating to think about because we don't know what hip hop's going to look like or what hip hop's going to need two years from now or whenever he's ready to drop another album. Um, what I would be fascinated with, I, I'm not convinced. Even after he said there's not like another album coming right away, I'm not convinced that he doesn't have another album's worth of material from these sessions that we might get next year, just like we got exactly. Untitled Unmastered. You know he what did I mean? Last time, so yeah. Um, you know when Jay Z every year was coming out with an album and it was the biggest thing that was happening in rap um, those were always noted by the biggest song of the summer right the biggest yeah. rap song of the summer um, and because Kendrick doesn't have that there's no aim there's no, there's no clear goal in sight there's no clear um, metric that says a Kendrick Lamar album's a success or not they just like dominate the internet and yeah. people love them all the reviewers love them um, so yeah, it's he's he's it's it's a unique position to be. Kendrick in. clearly doesn't give a shit about Song of the Summer, and yeah. I I want to talk about. We've talked about this probably too much, but I feel like it it's always worth talking about is the Drake Kendrick conversation. Here are two most noteworthy rappers right now, right? 
you've got Drake on one hand who releases his playlist or whatever and dominates streaming for a few weeks. He's that guy. He's going to make these songs of the summer, right? Drake still, we've had these conversations. He's at the point where what he has to say is not compelling to most of us. Yeah. But we still enjoy the music, you know? Whereas Kendrick, we want to hear what he has to say. Like, Kendrick, tell us. Like, teach us. You know what I mean? Isn't that a fascinating juxtaposition? Because we haven't had, and most hip-hop is known throughout its history of having these two giant figures, right? Biggie and Tupac, Nas and Jay-Z. You know, like, this is a thing. Like, even Kanye and 50 Cent to a degree. Kendrick, (laughs) I know, you can laugh, but the point is, like, there's always these figures that represent something to the sides, right? Right. Nobody's taking a Drake or a Kendrick side, but they two are our two biggest figures and they be, may be our most polar opposite figures as well. Um, yeah, and, and what does anyone want from a Drake album other than, like, you know, he has a fair amount of ambition in the production and hopefully a, a big, successful, you know, radio song, a big yeah. hit. Like, you know? Drake had blend. He makes up a word to yeah. describe what it's like to be a little bit tipsy and interacting with, like, your ex-lover, right? Yeah. That's all I want from Drake. That's I'm not. I don't want anything more than that. You know what I mean? My expectations of these two artists are so different, and what I'm going to take the most out of. And Blim could be a, a word that describes the level of anticipation you feel for a Drake. Album, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's a, just, a playlist. Yeah, mean. a playlist. Right, right. Um, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, if 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 next week we found out that. A Kanye West album, a Drake album, a Chance the Rapper album, and a Kendrick album were coming all coming out. We'd be like, of course, everyone would anticipate the Kendrick album the most. Not to say that he doesn't have peers, not to say that there aren't other excellent rappers that are taking chances, but no one's just this good and this yeah. interesting. And I and I will push back on the one thing you said. Like, I don't know that people do look to Kendrick to say. Um, teach us or like we really want what you say is um the 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 way that we define the generation i think kendrick's way more complicated than that i think he's yeah that's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of opinions that i don't agree with and that i don't um necessarily uh they don't mesh as well um as maybe a q-tip right i think it was a way easier listen right after that election however um we all we all want him to weigh in. We all want his. Yeah. Voice. So we how is him. that right? Because that's another another thing. As you look back through hip hop history, it's not it's not always great to have the unpopular opinion, right? So even when Kendrick and has that, cool. he still wins. So how is how is that? Um, I I don't know because a lot of his opinion, a lot of his things that are that go against the grain are like they're they're not cool. They're not mm-hmm. cool opinions. Um, I was thinking I was thinking about this on the right over um, the song that got him into the, the popular conscious swimming pools is essentially a alcohol public service announcement you right. know like, yeah but he's so good at it that people such... played at frat houses as they were partying you know what I mean it's a great talk about complicated like... it's a great drinking song um, yeah so I but but it, he's such an important generational voice Um and it's, it's such an interesting voice that that to not have him um, reflect on the 2016 election or reflect two years after um, what was going on in the summer of 2015 or the spring of 2015 and um, to have that updated view, like it would just feel wrong. 
You know, it would yeah. feel, and and we're not, we don't. There's so many other rappers. We certainly don't expect Drake to talk about serious stuff though. That we don't even in 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 uh, large regard expect Chance to be that to be that topical, right? right? Um, and so Kendrick it, it plays a huge role in that way. Yeah, it really is a fascinating time for hip hop because I don't think anybody's questioning. Even when I talk about like giants like Drake and Kendrick, nobody's questioning who the better artist is. You know what I mean? Like anybody on the spot, okay, yeah, Kendrick's got it. Like Kendrick doesn't have a clear peer in terms of talent and what he's accomplishing right now. Even Chance, who we loved, and we, the last podcast we did, we talked about him winning the title belt. He's a really fascinating artist. We want to see what he does next. But there's not like – hip-hop is so rooted in competitiveness in terms of skill because the art form itself lends well to thinking about one person's skill versus another person's skill. And right now there's not – Somebody on Kendrick's level. I know, and and and, and they're not conflict oriented. Like this is yeah. the rap is not conflict right now, and I was trying to think like who would be, um, is do you think that's going to hurt his career that he doesn't have someone to push against? I mean, Big Sean, obviously. This is like, <laughs> I mean, what what a joke! I mean, what a joke that that's that Big Sean's the guy yeah. that he's pushing against. I mean, that, do you think that's going to hurt his career? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe. I, maybe not. I, I mean, I think it just speaks to his greatness. I mean, you hear, I've heard people this week talking about J. Cole, but like, even that is just yeah. like, come on, you know, like we all know what the answer is here. So, um, I, it might, it might be a good thing. We'll just have to see. I mean, there's no way to know right now. It's just like if you could go back to uh, 2001 and be like, okay. Jay Z's greatest competitor is going to be Chingy. You know what I mean? Like, like, how do you? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's. That's I don't a really know. Good like, point. We 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 look back at uh, the Jay Z Nas feud and just think about man that produced so much great music or even Biggie Tupac uh, even though the even even though tragically and I have to think Kendrick needs like a real nemesis and there's just not one out there because yeah. Big Sean just does not I will not I will not count it it will not apply. I don't know, man. Maybe I need to start writing songs again and get back into the mix. And... Kyle, I think um, just looking looking at you now and, and watching uh, the two of us drink red wine as we talk <laughs> about Kendrick, um, I think I'm, I'm wearing ASIC shoes, white ASIC shoes. Um, yeah, I think if, if you and I can't bring a competitor to Kendrick, then there's no hope. <laughs> there's no hope. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Um, what else do we have to say? Have we... Covered all the ground there is. Um, we didn't go to the Twenty One Savage concert last weekend. That was our la- our Friday night. Um, that's um, kind of the the best example of um, new trap rap in terms of exciting new artists. Um, but other than that, I don't know of any new great artists. And so when I'm thinking about to kind of update our the discussion on the belt, yeah, it doesn't seem. And, and now Drake's released his playlist. Um, it doesn't seem like Chance has anything coming out. It's hard to view anyone taking the belt from Kendrick yeah, right now. Yeah, that's a good way to, I guess, wrap this up. It's like, what happens in the rest of 2017 that's going to change the narrative of hip hop for the year? You I know what I mean? I, I, I don't know anything. what it would be. I don't think there's, there's. I don't think it's possible. Run the Jewels released their album right there at the Christmas, and that was a Killer Mike was one guy I talked about as a potential yeah. belt holder. Vince Staples. I don't think so. I mean, Vince, I mean, he would have to really step up, right? In a way that we haven't seen. Um, yeah. And um, for better or worse, the Run the Jewels album didn't catch fire like the last one did. So, 
In that sense, do you almost wish that we'd had to wait a little bit longer on Dan? No, I think it came at a really good time. I think this is really it. It allowed a lot. Yeah, no, this is this is this is really good timing. Yeah, and is this? I found myself like I'm still going back to it. I mean, a lot of times after I write a review, I'll take a few weeks off from an album and won't listen to it. I've been going back to Damn. Like, do you find that? Do you feel like this is an album you're going to keep going back to throughout the summer? It really sinks in, like a early 2000s album. It really becomes an easy listen. Yeah, I know I'm going to be coming back to this album yeah. again and again. I like listening to it in its entirety, but I what I'm really excited about that I couldn't do with Demba Butterfly is that I can cherry pick from it. Yeah, as you know, my Th- mood. That's dictates. how I've been listening the last couple, the last um, uh, three or four days. Just yeah. cherry picking songs. Outside of DNA, is there another track that you usually reach for? Loyalty is a great one. Um, I still keep going back to Humble. I love Elements. Um, yeah, there's 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 quite a few. We didn't talk about Duckworth. That's not really a cherry pick song, but it's a song a lot of people were talking about the day of the release because yes. it really hits you hard to end that album. What a great what a great story. And um, I don't know that Kendrick as storyteller after Good Kid is ever going to be as interesting, but he's really good at it. And yeah, it's just nice it on Duckworth to be like, I mean, what a, what a what an incredible story to have in his back yeah, pocket. It's almost unbelievable. I know. Um, but it's also nice just to remember, like, oh, he can do that too. Yeah. I was reading an interview where he talked about um, he wasn't aware of this until, like, he was signed and recording, and he brought it. His dad wanted to come into the studio with him and see what it looked like, and they they met and were like, oh, it's you. And then they were laughing and sharing all these old stories about a pretty serious situation, yeah, know. you know? And it's just like, wow, that's so crazy. Funny, anyway. it's, just, uh, it's how you and I met as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was working at that KFC. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Well, uh, this has been good. Um, again, it's there's been so much said. I feel like just individual conversations about it are compelling to me, no matter who's having them. Um, our voices are not nearly as compelling as as others are about this, but I do think it's good to talk with people about music. And this is an album worth a lot of conversations and even more conversations after this podcast ends. So, I uh, appreciate you stopping by to share your thoughts. Um, yeah, man. Appreciate thanks for, it. Thanks for having me on. As always, I love doing this. Yeah, let's do it again. That's it for uh, this show. Um, if you haven't listened to Kendrick Lamar's Damn, then I'm not sure who you are. Um, but uh, go listen to it and subscribe to our podcast. You can go on iTunes, search for It's All Dead, subscribe to our podcast there, let us know what you think of the show, and then visit our website, It's All Dead. Dot com. We've got all kinds of daily news, uh, album reviews, interviews, the whole nine yards. Check us out. It's all dead.com. That's going to do it for now. I'm Kyle Hawk. We will catch you next time. Big Sean. Thanks for listening to the It's All Dead podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then visit us at it's all dead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more.